I think it's it's helpful to hear from both of you guys. You know, mm -hmm. in what ways are you dealing with racism on a basis? Oh no no no! no. I'm not dealing back. with racism. Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with real issues. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Scott. Oh, that's not what I'm a dealing real with. Issue. Those are not my top you issues. Don't think He's speaking for Scott. It doesn't exist for me. It's it not something really. I spend my time thinking about. So since you mentioned me, I don't want you to. I don't want you to see me. As, wow. as you see me as a black man today, I want you to see me as a human being. We so appreciate the tremendous feedback that we get from people that we are just shocked that listen to our Strong Cast podcast. It really surprises me. You know, I could be in Timbuk too, and someone said, I listen to such. I said, when was, when was that on TV? They said, oh, no, it's your Strong Cast. We love your Strong Cast. It's, it's raw. And you can tell it's not anything that's pretentious and it's sincere and it's real. So what we do in the Strongcast, I invite some of my favorite people, some that I don't know, some that I know, but I actually know these guys and I like them pretty much and I have a lot of respect for them. Jason Russell and A. Scott Bolton, who are lawyers and one is with the media. But I wanna, I wanna talk to people who, um, who work in law and work in media, but they also have a perspective on issues that impact the culture. Something very interesting happened recently. Um, Kanye West visited President Trump and Jared at the White House. And what came of the meeting was the fact that he was very concerned about his native Chicago, the violence, and even during former President Barack Obama's eight years in office, he was very critical that the president did not do enough and also, when his wife was able to um, network with Jared, that eventually led to the meeting of, with the president, uh, Alice Johnson, who had been in jail on these drug charges, and people get off for much worse, was released and she got her life back. Now, where I'm going with this, and then Taylor Swift all of a sudden um, decided to declare her allegiance in Tennessee when she mm -hmm. said she could not endorse Marsha Blackburn. And believe it or not, the voter rolls as she made the announcement just zoom. She had a huge impact. And so I thought the president. To register the vote. Yeah, to register the vote. Now, I thought the president was somewhat contradictory. It's okay as long as Kanye support what he believes in, he will embrace Kanye West, mm -hmm. but he will condemn her for expressing and supporting her civic duty and her civic right. To me, that is a contradiction. But the thing I want to ask you both first how much weight? because I had, I had a chance to do Russ Parr's morning show, and they were dismissing him. He's an entertainer. He has nothing to say. We need more serious people. And I said, oh, my God, what do you mean? This guy is intelligent. If you listen to his lyrics, his command of the English language, he's more than just an entertainer. He's an artist. How much value should we take stock in when leaders of the free world, when people who have these meaningful positions like U.S. senators and I mean, you even use Angelique Jolie as an ambassador. Should they be dismissed and taken? Uh, we should just diminish any contribution they're making just because they're athletes, entertainers? Do they not have something to say? Can they not say something that is meaningful and impact these leaders in a way that is progressive? Well, you want to? Um, yeah, I, I think you know certainly. The great thing about America is that we all have our own opinions. We're all able to express those opinions without going into our consulate and being murdered like some other journalists from other countries. Mm. Um, and I think that's just part of the discourse. So you know, certainly that's everyone's right. You know, it's, it's questionable how much of an impact I think that has. Um, you know, Taylor Swift and, and the voter rolls. I think that was partially just because you know voter rolls were going to surge on the last day before the voter registration deadline anyway. Um, 
but uh, you know, certainly everyone has a right to their own opinion. Um, we often we know that we hear lots of celebrities who are liberals voice their opinions, but um, conservatives think, too, for that yeah, matter. Yeah, but I think Taylor Swift was a little bit more thoughtful than most celebrities when she voiced her opinion. You know, she was. Uh, Keeping it to a local race and uh, in, in her native Tennessee, she was, um, you know, doing this right after the Kavanaugh stuff. But she was endorsing someone who, uh, you know, had also uh, expressed support for Kavanaugh's nomination as well. So uh, I, I think her endorsement is a little bit different. I think it could have a little bit more of an effect because she hasn't talked about politics much in the past because she endorsed in a local race and because she wasn't at all being. Um, you know, pretentious or insulting to Republicans or President Trump in general, like we see from from so many other celebrities. Well, we it, it depends on the celebrity. So with Taylor Swift, uh, I think she's right. It, it was the, uh, a federal race and a state race, I think, uh, within Tennessee. But the bulk of her message was about registering to vote and getting out to vote and expressing yourself, which is super important uh, given the times and the of activism and, and what we hear and see and feel coming out of this White House. Uh, so Taylor Swift, whether the Republicans who thought that she was uh, one of their supporters came out to the contrary. Many weren't happy about that, but I thought Republicans and Democrats ought to be happy because a message from her with her millions of followers about voting, the importance of expressing yourself, registering and going to vote is a pretty powerful message. And the way she did it couched it in a politically, pol politically neutral uh, presentation, if you ask me. Kanye, the problem with Kanye is that uh, Kanye doesn't speak for people of color. Uh, people of color have rejected him, not necessarily his music, but rejected him politically and socially because of his statement he made three to six months ago about essentially blaming black people for slavery and that the real problem was black people maybe didn't want to get out of slavery. I'm paraphrasing here. When you say that to a community or someone who's in our communities of color, which is millions of us, 10 plus percent of the population in this country, uh, you're going to get a deaf ear. And Donald Trump tends to pick black athletes and entertainers so that, I don't know, his white guilt can be satisfied that he's talked to people in the black community, but these people aren't rooted in the black community. They have political thought, whether it's conservative or, or, or not. But they're not in the community. So Kanye West can be concerned about violence in Chicago, but Donald Trump asked us what, how much we had to lose, and he had an urban agenda that went away once he won. Donald Trump could get a lot more people of color to support him, I think, because uh, if he had an urban agenda, if he put time, money, and resources into changing the killing fields of Chicago, then you, we would stand up and listen. If he did education training, education, entrepreneurship training, job training, and, and what have you, technical schools, to give gang members who make up the majority of this Chicago violence an alternative to violence, then we would listen somewhat to Trump and we would listen to a Kanye. But that's not what's coming out of the White House. The, the, uh, the, um, the, the, the flavor that's coming out of the White House is just completely different. So it depends on who it is and how authentic they are to the constituencies they allegedly represent. Kanye West doesn't represent people of color, especially after a statement about slavery and black people. Well, I'm curious to know what people does Taylor Swift represent? Good question. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to give a, a broad brush, right? She, she represents herself, right? And Kanye West represents himself. And I wouldn't, you know, purport to say that 
any one person or, or so anyone else represents the black community, right? Like, communities are diverse. There are many people yeah, not in, in every community. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, you know, whether it's white men, white women, or, you know, any other demographic or gender or race, you know, everyone in that community has their own different perspectives and thoughts and opinions. Would you hold Kanye West to a different standard were he white meeting with President Trump versus the fact that you perceive him as being black? I don't perceive him as being black. Black and brown people can't stop being black and brown. So wherever they go, they are who they are. I don't perceive him for being black. I perceive him, and very oftentimes, making statements that strongly support the idea that he's unstable, but also that he is not connected to the cause, whatever that cause may be. It may be an anti-crime cause, anti-gang cause, pro-education, pro-health care, pro-woman rights, pro-gun uh, protections, if you will. But if he's going to speak to the president and hopefully avoid being exploited and used by the president, because we've seen that in the past in regard to black entertainers and athletes who have either gone to the White House or gone to Trump Tower, I don't think he'd be judged differently. Here's the deal. It's interesting that we're talking about Taylor Swift and Kanye West because they have history. White America hated him when he took the award from or the mic from her at an award show and, and condemned her and said that Beyonce should have won this Grammy or whatever the award show was. And now we're talking both about them years later because one, Taylor Swift has become a very sophisticated marketer for political ideas and, and the voting rights movement. Well, they, and Kanye has gone just the opposite. How did you feel when Kanye West declared that Bush doesn't care about black people? How did I feel? Were you championing I felt him he then? Was speaking truth to power. Truth? Yes. Truth oh, to power this because is Bush's oh. record with people of color really? and our, our communities of color, certainly, especially with New Orleans uh, and the lack of support there and the lack of rescue there and what, what, what happened to our brothers and sisters in New Orleans. So, so, and Bush so was it the is president. clear that right. your prism of judging. Kanye has more to do with race than the message itself. Has more to do with his message. But if so, he were not black, your attitude about him if, would be quite If somebody different. white said black people didn't care or that Bush didn't care about black people, I'd agree with them too. So it's an issue but you based. Hold, it's not race based. But it based. seems as though you hold Kanye to a harsher standard because you you perceive him as being, he should be speaking the kind of talk that black people can embrace and rally around. There are no permanent friends or enemies. There are permanent interests. And so my allegiance is to interests. And if somebody black believes that it's our problem or our cause or our embracement of slavery, if someone says that black people, and at the same time, or years, late, years before, says that Bush doesn't agree with black people, then it's what's in my interest. My allegiance is to interest, not to race. Did you agree with Kanye? right and wrong. Did you agree with Kanye that Bush did not care about I black people? I agreed with him there, and I disagree with him with his idiotic statement about slavery, and I can be both, and I can live in that space, and so can you. As an African-American, you live in many spaces, and so do I, and so does Kanye West. But the issues are real, and that's what needs to be addressed, whatever space or political color you are. Um, Jason, your response? Well, I want to... I, I think there's an interesting story out of Michigan that some people might have missed. There's a, a black Republican candidate running for Senate there, John James. And uh, he was recently attacked on Twitter by um, Abdul Al-Sayed, who was a, a Bernie Sanders-type progressive who ran for the governor nomination in the Democratic Party, lost the Democratic primary. Um, but you know, he found out that uh, Donald Trump Jr. was coming to campaign for John James. And he said, wow, is this what the Michigan Party, Republican Party represents, is moochers. And, you know, John James responded and said, um, you know, my, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like, 
My father was, you know, an assembly line worker, and my grandfather was a sharecropper, and my great-grandfather was a slave. And as he mentioned that, you know, his way of, you know, honoring that legacy was by creating his own path and, and working hard. And now he's uh, a veteran, and, uh, you know, he's a successful businessman, and he's running for Senate in Michigan, and he has an okay shot. So I, I think that was an interesting way to, mm -hmm. um, you know, honor his past. And you know what? I got no problem with that. He's trying to win, if you will. And, you know, he needs the voters, that core 35% of Trump supporters, to win. And he can be a Democrat, hold those values, and want those votes, and speak to their issues. Do you think that Kanye West betrays his race by his enthusiasm and support and meeting with President Trump? Betrays his race? <laughs> I don't know what the question is. No, you know. I don't. Betrays mm. his race. You know, people Does he color, sell his I'm race not, out? Uh, does he sell his race he out? He sells himself out. No, but does he betray gonna, his race? You're not going to take me old... down that rabbit hole no, of whether I'm just he's asking, selling uh, his race out, whether you intend to or not. But right? I'm asking, well, what does he do? We are Why? not a monolithic group. So you don't when mind him meeting with to... President Trump? I don't, don't mind. Do I mind him meeting with President Trump? You, you haven't he's seen the support. He's expressed support for Donald Trump with borders on idiocy, but that's his personal choice. What, what I don't like is real or perceived Kanye, yes, speaking on behalf of our black interests or our brown interests, which Donald Trump has a proven record of not supporting. You see, the difference between black people and white people in this country, and, and, and I'm not going to do too broad of a brush, is this that racism and sexism for people of color and women, when that's expressed by the opposition, we cannot get past that. But people that don't look like me, like my colleague right here, Jason. he can get past many things because on his top 10 list of what he deals with on a daily basis is not racism or sexism. But people of color and women, we deal with racism, sexism every day. And so it's in our top three. So when if you ask me to get past Donald Trump's racism, I got a hard time doing that, regardless of what the stock market is doing, or the employment, or the economy, or anything else that he touts, real or fake. And so that's the problem in this country. That's why black people and brown people and white people have a hard time getting along or even agreeing on Donald Trump. Because what's important to us isn't important to people who don't look like us. And when we realize that, we can have a, a, a real dialogue and a reconciliation dialogue about how we move this country forward. Now, Jason, how do you respond? Oh, I, I, I don't want to, I'm not challenging. I'm, you I'm should asking, challenge him, though. Uh, it's no, okay well, to challenge him. But it's I wanna, okay. I want to ask a question. Please. Um, and I don't mean this in an argumentative way. I'm, I'm generally Ask curious. the question. I think mm -hmm. it's, it's helpful to hear from both of you guys. You know, mm -hmm. in what ways are you dealing with racism on a basis? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not dealing back? with racism. Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with real issues. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Scott. Oh, that's not what I'm a dealing real with. Issue. Those are not my top you issues. Don't think He's speaking for Scott. It doesn't exist for me. It's it not something really. I spend my time thinking about. So since you mentioned me, I don't want you to see me as you see me as a black man today. I want you to see me as a human being. As I an American, because that's not how I see myself. But so ask, there is ask no racism God. in America. It does, in your view, it is and not, racism doesn't impact I just, you. I need is to that check, what you said? I need to check. No, it doesn't. I need to check, okay. Jason. You are asking Scott Very the ladies, question gentlemen. because wow. it does not impact me wow. the way Scott is described. But ask the question. I thought we were. Go ahead. I'm just saying. I, I think it's helpful for white people to hear the, the ways that you deal with it on a daily basis to mm -hmm. help us understand that. I do. 
I do. Oh, and you, is that a question no, and, to yeah, me? And, and what, how I deal with racism no, what, every does, day? You know, and what challenges are there? What challenges are, well, of course there are challenges in regard to how I'm treated, uh, when I go to apply for a job, when I try to get into school, whether it's college or high school, how I interact whether it's neighbors or whether it's people in an office building or even my partners at my firm, right? Now, if, some, if you're suggesting that perhaps that uh, the N-word isn't used towards me every day or that I make an equal wage or that there are some equalities that were not there 50 to 100 years ago, okay, I can agree with that, but it's far more subtle now and white privilege still dominates my life. There are things I can say and do, successes, access to capital, access to courtrooms, access to jobs and education and opportunities that I still don't have or my children did not have, you know that, that, that people that don't look like me I certainly am, have that access. I am absolutely shocked and saddened mm -hmm. to hear someone of your success and intellect and what you represent. What does my success have to do with racism in America and my acknowledgement of it? I at least finish because, my point. You I am shocked to hear you but I say see that you feel racism every day. I am impacted by racism. Is when, what you're when saying. NFL football is, players are, are lamb-blasted because uh, they uh, protest okay, under their okay, First uh, Amendment, okay. I see that. I, I, I react You're, to that, I support them, and yet people like you and Tucker Carlson think somehow because okay. I'm a very successful uh, African-American lawyer in big law and been successful elsewhere and live in a certain neighborhood, drive a certain car, that somehow I shouldn't care about racism. Wait, wait a minute, I'm talking about something different. No, you're, no, are you you're talking about are that. Are you impacted That's by That's what you're talking no, no, about. No, I'm talking about my brother. I don't like to define what you're talking about, but, but are, you're talking about but that. are you impacted by it every day? It's still short circuits you from your true success and what you deserve in America. Well, however you define success, racism is omnipresent in my life, okay? If I have an argument or an altercation with a stranger, case in point, when I do Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, the venom that comes from white America towards me about Donald Trump or my views about Donald Trump or about my, uh, my position as a democratic strategist, right? The racism that spews my way, the N-word, I'm an idiot, I'm a moron, I'm a big black fat lawyer that needs to go away, and they have never met me. That's racism at its root, and they hide behind social media simply because we disagree. Oh, I'm well aware of racism, because as soon as I do Fox News and I walk off for two days, the Twitter account, the face, uh, the media face, what do you call it, Facebook, just lights up simply because either I'm black or I disagree or don't support Trump, and the majority of the people it's coming from are from people that don't look like me. Racism is real, so, and until so we I reconcile need, so, these issues, we're never going to move so, America So let me forward. move this, let me move this forward. So I know people who are white and liberal who condemn Trump and take him to task. Good for them. And they talk about, they get the same kind of venomous um, commentary, the same kind of rhetoric that you talk about, but they don't call it racism. Yeah, but they're not called the N-word. They're not called black. They're not used, these adjectives that connote my race and not my humanity is what I get. Now, maybe your friends don't, those white liberals or those limousine <laughs> liberals that you cavort with. But the reality is, I am always under attack despite my success. You know, and I'm not successful because I'm black. I'm no, successful because I work hard. No, I have a vision. I have yes, a plan. And I wanted to be an incredible provider for my family. And I wanted to live the American dream. But let me tell you something. 
I'm a history-making lawyer. I'm the first African-American lawyer in the history of my law firm to be elevated to full equity partner from associate, right? You and that was that. in 1990. You earned that. Are you though. kidding? I did earn that. Yes. But I shouldn't be the first. I should be the, 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 in the middle of a long line of successful lawyers who happen to be African-American. But it's not. There's a glass ceiling for women. There's a black ceiling for people of color in America. And to live in denial, like you and others do, is to deny reality, Jason. which is why you can support Trump and his policies. Oh, you now, now I support Trump because oh, I'm just. Oh, Trump. now I support Trump. Okay, you're in now the you reality <laughs> part. You're in alt reality. Jason, we're trying to bring you back. I am neutral. I'm not but sure what happened. Yeah, I, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's great that uh, Kanye West is in the White House and Trump is hopefully listening to him. And I hope that they come out of this with a, a bold new strategy on criminal justice reform and reforming our urban schools with school choice and uh, you know, hopefully a way to, to wake up Chicago and say, let's stop doubling down on these liberal policies that have not been working for years and 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 try something new. Now, watch this. I listened to that. I didn't interrupt him. And I agree with him. I will be the first one to do the, the hoorah if, if that meeting from that comes attention to the killing fields of Chicago. I would compliment Donald Trump for that initiative and compliment Kanye West because those are issues of mutual interest. The president has the power to deploy resources to clean up those killing fields. If he were to do that, right, that's a huge plus for people of color and for the people of Chicago. And if he did that around urban America, right, his numbers with African Americans wouldn't be at 2%. They, they certainly would go up. You know, and, that, and America would be better because of that, you, you right? Know, but you know, Scott, you've always have found ways to give the president credit when he does well. Any you know, president. Any president. You've always, I, I would never question your objectivity and your being a fair jurist. I would never question that. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we enjoy having you on. And when you come on, we get nothing but compliments about you. None of this. Really? Yes. People enjoy having you on. They God think you're fair. America. They think you're balanced. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I just don't. It's not that I don't understand that racism exists because I hear these stories well, all the time. But you said it didn't impact you. It doesn't impact. It's never impacted. I never experienced it in it's my life. Amazing. You've never experienced, never experienced racial prejudice no. in your life. No. What bubble have you been living in? So you're now, from South and Carolina. Now, so, oh, I'm sorry. You worked with Strong Thurmond. So now let you're me tell telling you. me Strong Thurmond, doing your years with Strong <laughs> Thurmond, you never no. had. Were you impacted by racial discrimination? No. Now let me tell you the problem with this conversation now. Are we you being intellectually so, honest? You know, Are we being intellectually honest? Oh, can it? The Lord knows my heart. But let okay. me tell you what you're saying now. Okay. Because I am black, mm -hmm. you're perceived that there's no black man on the face of the earth in the United States that has not experienced racism. And you assume because he's white, he gets a pass and it's privileged. He doesn't have to deal with those issues. His experiences with race no. are completely different than there, mine. There's something wrong with that Have you ever been harassed picture? by the police no. or brutalized by the police? No, I have Have not. you ever been wrongfully stopped by the police? Yes. Have you? Of course you but have. But it ended in a laugh. It may have ended in <laughs> a laugh. <laughs> it yes. may have ended in a laugh. Yes. But they stopped you yes, because yeah. you were black. No, You're I was driving like a madman. You may have been. I was driving like a madman. You may have been, but there are other instances where the police harass you or brutalize you or others in no. your family because other not, people you know because of I the know color others of your that skin. have been stopped unfairly. Exactly. But I'm talking about my story. It has not happened. That's not been my experience in America. America. It deserves more credit in its progress. And you than we need give to get up. out in America and the and the urban America and country America far more than you have in your young life. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> J 
you America's know. got its own problems, but I, you know, I look at, there's so much racism in Europe. You know, we think that, you know, Europe is so forward-minded and... Um, it can be both, you know. Thinking and, and have racism in America and I, racism in Europe. I think, yeah, I think there are problems everywhere, but I think mm -hmm. people don't give... I, I think Armstrong has a point that people, that America does, often does not get enough credit on. Yes, it has problems, but it also is not as bad as many other places. But the income gap and the educational gap between people of color and white America continues to exist. It can't exist by osmosis. I will concede countries. that America has come a long way in its tortured history of, of, of race relations, certainly. I could not be here if we hadn't come that far. I didn't do this alone, but with a vast support of people of all races and cultures who supported me. But my point is, I get frustrated, and so many people who look like me are frustrated with the wealth gap, the education gap, the violence gap in this country. And I got to tell you, there are a lot of forces working against us on that, including some of our own people within our communities. That's another show that we, we, we certainly should do. But the reality is, racism and prejudice still has a role in that gap. And that's really what I'm trying to get at here, because we've never reconciled our tortured history with slavery. We've never had that open dialogue. Black people feel like they're not they, they, so much was taken from them but we don't that they wanna, could never progress. White people want us to get over it, but until we have a race reconciliation dialogue, how can we do that? A but national we dialogue. But we don't want to cripple young people who are out there who happen to be African Americans. They, they should not start the journey because the them as system as is still rigged against them. Scott Bolton, mm -hmm. Jason Russell. And another thing. Thank you so much <laughs> for such a eye-popping. We go from Kanye West to racism. <laughs> but thank you. I'm Armstrong Williams, and thank you for joining us for this edition of The Strong Cast.